All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. It's great to have you listening, as always, and as promised, we have a cookie review today. Whoa. And not only that, to make up for my forgetfulness in getting cookies, I also got a brownie from the same place. So From the same place. Jeff, you can dive in. I've already taken a bite of the brownie so that I could talk during some of this. Have you done the cookie too? As you, no, I haven't taken a bite of the cookie. I, I, I almost saw which, what that. Did you see? I didn't, but I almost saw. It's okay saw. if you did, but I just didn't want you to. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want any predisposition influence on anything. And I will say that I think that where I got these from, it's like another brand makes them or something like that. Can you hear me chewing into the microphone? Yeah. Okay, I won't do that. All right, hold on a second. That was a big... That was a big bite. <laughs> Man, this is a really... That's a good brownie. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the cookie. I'm supposed to chocolate, but I'm, I'm going uh, for it. You got a chocolate chip cookie. I did. That's all you get is chocolate chip cookies. Dude, it's a baseline. No, like, like, why don't you try a coconut one or something like that somewhere? Well, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> like, we're um, all eating chocolate chip. That's a pretty good cookie too, dude. That I did not think that's a triple chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, t- triple chocolate, and I typically would never go for like a triple chocolate, but I am really on to that cookie right there. That is a very good cookie bun. Yeah, I mean, and then that brownie too. I. A glass of milk and those two, and it's over. So I, I, I'm going to give this a high ranking. I mean, are we still, what is, how high is our ranking? I don't know. I think yours was like Moe's, which was like a 6.2 or something. It's like your highest ever. <laughs> I'm a little, no, Moe's was higher. I'm a little cookie snob. Huh? Yeah. What, I, what do you give it? I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. That cookie was good. Yeah. Uh, the brownie to me, I like my brownies like a bit more moist. That one, I mean, that one was like good. Like that was a great brownie, especially for me, a big glass of milk. I mean, the brownie to me, like I would give like a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, like it wasn't, it was not bad. It wasn't like phenomenal. Yeah. The cookie really surprised me. And dude, I would give that cookie like, let me take another bite. You you go. You take another bite. So is this going to compete with Subway? No, never. Okay. Yeah, I would say the same. I, I, I like this... Uh, this brownie's thick. This brownie has different textured layers of chocolate in it. I'd give it like somewhere upwards of a seven, not yet an eight. So somewhere probably in that 7.5. Um, the cookie I'd probably put in the same spot. I think the cookie is really good. Honestly, though, if I, if I had milk, it would probably push it to an eight. Because there's some cookies, right, that... If you have milk, they taste better. Other cookies are like phenomenal all by themselves. Like a Moe's cookie, phenomenal all by itself. I don't I don't even think I'd want to dunk it in milk because it's so good. But then other cookies, they're they're okay. Um and they're good, but if you added milk, they actually would go up. That's the way I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, to me, milk always elevates a cookie. Yeah. Dude, that cookie right there, that's like an 
8.2. Oh, you, so this is your high, is this your, is this your highest? No, it's not my highest, but. Did you give a 10 to Subway? No, I don't think I gave a 10, but I probably gave like a 9.99. That would be horrible if you gave Subway a 10. No, I would never give a 10, but I'd give a (laughs) 9.9. That cookie was good. This is from Jersey Mike's. Really? And I think they're called like Dave's cookies. Like I, I don't, I, I think they're called like Dave's or something. I saw, I don't know. I've never had them before, but I couldn't find anywhere to go. And I was driving mm-hmm. past and I was like, oh, that's your sandwich place. And um, so then I was looking, I was like, oh, I don't like the look of that cookie. And also it's like Dave's cookies. Like, what is Mike. this? Dude, I'm like, wow, I'm mega on that. No, right I am too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Sunday, man. I'm going to buy out the whole row. That's good. That, yeah. That's the Did they have chocolate. anything other than? chocolate chip yeah i think they did i think i saw like some other stuff okay. okay um dang dude yeah no that was good um so what are we doing today i don't remember anymore <laughs> um, no all right we're talking about uh church we're talking about how to pick a church in particular for me my heart just as we get into this conversation today um is you know uh um i i've feel like i'm regularly talking regularly talking to people friends whatever it might be mm-hmm. friends of friends whatever who are either uh they just left a church um they just moved to a new place whatever it is and they're kind of in the process of like oh, i'm trying to pick a church i'm visiting obviously us here at redeemer we're always meeting people who um maybe it's their first time to church but a lot of times it's you know we we went to this church and we're not anymore yeah. for whatever reason yeah and now we're visiting, right? We're kind of like on the look. So my heart with this whole podcast series is to be able to kind of talk to that group of people mm-hmm. who may be looking for a church and trying to figure out where do I go? Now, a couple of quick prefaces, which is one is, I mean, on the one hand, you could respond to this whole podcast and be like, well, just go to the one in your denomination. But I'm kind of saying like, let, let's say you don't know, like you don't, right. I, I didn't grow up in a denomination. Like a, like a lot of people didn't grow up with this high commitment to their denomination where that mm. just determines everything. And frankly, it shouldn't just be this end all determiner, right? right? I mean, uh, even within your denomination. Um, I'm also kind of operating on the playing field of like, I'm talking about churches that are orthodox. Right. You know, maybe they don't agree on every jot and tittle, but we're talking about orthodox. Obviously, if a church is heretical, like I'm not, I'm not helping you evaluate a Mormon church right now, right? I'm, it's, we're talking about churches right. that are orthodox that um, have solid biblical beliefs and, and are Bible people, you know, um, we've talked about preaching, mm-hmm. uh, obviously if they're not preaching the Bible, if the Bible seems, if their sermons are Bible light, that's a huge red flag. Just, right. I don't care about anything else. It's like, if it's Bible light, if it's like, we're not really studying the scriptures on Sunday morning, man, I mean, just keep looking for yeah. until you can find that. And the, and the reason for that is there's no divine energies being released, yeah. right? So that that's kind of play field today. Want to kind of talk through? We'll see how how many topics we get through. We before we record hit record, we were trying to organize some of the thoughts. What I kind of want to do today a little bit. We've kind of talked about the big thing. The big thing again with some of those uh, assumptions made about the churches we're talking about, or if you're between five churches, trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. We've talked about preaching. We've talked about being gospel people. Particularly, is this church about the gospel and? specifically do you see that in the preaching and are they preaching the gospel in the bible and from the bible week in and week out um today want to kind of talk through okay what if you could kind of take another five topics or or whatever and what should you be looking for 
if we were to try to hit some stuff. So we're going to talk under the three headings. Um, and again, we kind of just put this together before hitting record, trying to make sense of it. But under the heading of worship, what's the worship of the church like? So that's bigger um, than just music, but it includes music. What's the worship of the church like? Um, community, you know, some maybe things to consider regarding what you see with the community and relationships in the church. And then also um, mission and and the church and its mission and what they're trying to do and that sort of thing. So let's start there. You can mm-hmm. start talking. Um, yeah. we're, Should we hit uh, start with worship? Yeah, worship. What, what should you be looking for in the worship of a church? So, um, so we're going to focus zero in on Sunday worship. So what's called public worship or Lord's day worship, as opposed to your private worship or your family worship or your, Mm -hmm. what's usually called the quiet time. Um, I think some of the elements of worship that you, uh, want to investigate, you want to, um, maybe clarify, or you want to even, uh, sense or feel, uh, in the service and that would be uh, who's the primary actor in the worship service? Mm-hmm. Um, is the worshiper the primary actor? Is the worshiper the one that's uh, doing all? Is it is the worshiper the subject of the service, um, or is there is God the actor? Is God the primary mover? Is God the primary agent? Is He the primary activator? Uh, are we like in one sense dancing to get God's no pun, no reference metaphor. This is just a metaphor. Are we dancing to get God's attention? Are we singing to get God's attention? Are we praying to get God's attention? Are we, uh, doing other elements of whatever might be involved in your worship service or another tradition's worship service? Are we doing these things to activate God, to dance for him, to get him to come down, to get him to move, to get him to work? Or is worship uh, primary God's idea? Uh, it's what he set up, and he's the mover, and he's the actor, and he's the one on the move. And uh, then there's elements within that worship service that, that accentuate that. It's a form that says God acts. He's the one that acts. He's the mover. Like uh, a call to worship historically in the church tradition has done just that. A call to worship is saying God's the actor. God's calling us. This is his idea. Uh, this is his day. Um, he's the one on the move. He's the one breaking in. He's the one showing up, and he's calling us to meet with mm-hmm. him, right? Uh, then you have prayer would be an element of the service too, right? And prayer, though, is answering speech. Prayer is not primary speech. Prayer is actually responding to the primary mover, the primary actor, the primary word, which is God speaking. And when God's speaking, we now have something to say. So you want to form a prayer in the worship service because it's now answering speech, responding speech, it's secondary speech, it's responding to being spoken to. So you'd want that element. And obviously, that's why the church has had uh, scripture reading, God speaking. It's had, obviously, the preached word, God breaking in. It's had the sacraments, God moving and working through the sacraments. Uh, And then there's been worship music, singing, and that's more of a a response, uh, as well as... um, a declaration of who God is and what he's done and celebrating who God is and what he's done. And Paul even said that you actually sing the gospel into each other's hearts. So that's taking place. Um, so I think it's really, really helpful just as you think about worship to, 
really get straight what's going on in worship and why it's going on. Whose idea is it? Uh, who's the primary actor? Who's the primary activator? Who's on the move? Who's at work? You or God? Uh, and obviously all of us are going to say God is. So think about, does this does the forms and the flow of the worship service match that? Uh, is the um, the culture or the aroma of the uh, the whole aspects of whatever the liturgy or the forms and styles and everything that's taking place does it does it reflect that? I think that uh, one one way that that uh, we could also talk about that too is just uh, again almost like this gut level uh, sense of worship. Does it is that does the aim seem to be? And again, we're talking about Sunday morning. Does the aim seem to be to get your eyes off of yourself and on to someone else, obviously, namely God? Is it to get your eyes off yourself and on to him? Is it to get you outside of yourself, right? Is it so we trust for our salvation, not ourselves, but someone outside of us? Um, and and then, and then we live uh, outside of ourselves. We live looking to God. We live looking to the person to our right and our left to love them and, and do good works, all these sorts of things. So does that seem to be the aim of Sunday morning or does it seem to be in some sense, um, more related to you? Like, uh, I mean, there's, there's a thousand flavors of how it could relate to you, yeah. but, um, you, you know, one of the things that, that, uh, at least in our world, you know, when, when the, when the music conversation comes up, which we can touch on that just as a segue, sure. You know, sometimes people will talk about, I, you know, I can't stand songs that are like, you know, about me. I, um, I, I think one time we we sang a song, it was like, give me faith. And that was like one of the lines, I think, give me faith. And I think someone was upset about the song. Like, I don't want to talk about my faith. Well, on the one hand, like, to be fair, the Psalms are in the Bible are filled with like, you know, my anguish and my, you know, right. The like, whole spectrum. Worship right, is not this the human like, condition and human emotion. Yeah. yeah. Worship is not, and music is not like I'm disconnected from my existence entirely. Right. Obviously. However, the general theme and dominating reality, even in the lyrics of songs, should be who God is and what he's done for us, not me, myself, and, you know, my faith or my repentance right. or whatever, though that absolutely has a place. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so since I've, I was already thinking of that example, right. but even, even specifically on music, music is such a big deal, right? Yeah. Like I, I would say, and I said this last week, music a lot of times is the number one um qualifier for someone like if, if i'm going to go to this church or not right uh what would you maybe say if anything about and, and music's like vitally important i mean it's it's an amazing thing that god's created it's powerful it's incredibly powerful yeah. so totally legit to be a very important aspect what would you say as you talk i'll try to think of like maybe one thought yeah i think i, I want to respond to what you said earlier too just about faith and about the human condition and the full spectrum of of uh the human thoughts and feelings and experience. Um, I think it's just primarily what we're saying is we're trying to get our causes and effects in line. Uh, the cause is the grace of God in Jesus always. That's the power. That's the divine energies. That's the major player and major actor. God's on the move. Uh, the effect is our faith. The effect is us crying out to him. The effect is forgive us. The effect is confession of sin. The effect is uh, I'm 
I'm put back together again. The effect is I'm trusting Jesus and his salvation in bigger and brighter and better ways. I'm singing and responding with clarity in the mind and realness to the heart, uh, the wonder of who God is and what he's done. That's the effect. The cause is the power of God, which is the gospel, Jesus and his salvation. The cause is the grace of God breaking in. The cause is always God. And so some circles, sometimes it's called God-centered worship. That might be a way that describes it. But it's not that we're saying you don't have faith Mm -hmm. and you don't think and you don't feel and you don't experience. What we're saying is let's get the cause that actually produces that effect. Mm -hmm. If all you have is us singing and talking about how we hold on to God, how much faith we have, uh, how much desire and passion we have for God, but the cause or the object of that passion uh, is not there. Uh, It's just faith in our faith. Uh, It just becomes another work, and it becomes another law. It becomes another um, older brother reality of trying to slave away for God or dance for him or activate him. And if, if we all talk about and sing about how much we love Jesus and how much faith we have, but we don't know who he is and what he's done, and, and it's not Jesus and his salvation is not seeing the cause that actually produces that faith, things get really wonky really fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. All right. So, so let's talk about music. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... I think there's a couple of things. I mean, good night. This is a huge. <laughs> we, could, we could do a yeah. lot here. My first and thoughts, we've done for context. We, you and I, at Redeemer, uh, our elders, our whole church has been going through to a certain degree. We've been dealing a lot with music over the past couple of years. Our beloved worship leader, music leader, uh, moved. Yeah, uh, we went through the whole hiring process. Now we've got a uh, fantastic music leader that we love so for us this has been like such a huge huge thing because reality yes so we've had we've had to uh readjust realign reset uh as well as go forward in new areas and so which we're all excited about i think there's two things one i think when you're talking about music maybe it's helpful just to say all right let's just talk about the content of what you're singing and I think everybody here and everybody that's listening is going to say, okay, you need to sing biblical content. Nobody wants to yeah. sing wrong things about God, wrong things about Jesus, wrong things about Christianity, right? So we want, we want to sing uh, good, biblical, gospel, uh, Christ-centered uh, lyrics set. Mm-hmm. Now, usually where all the discussion comes in is music. And it's like, what kind of, and we're talking music's like, okay, what kind of sound goes with that? And some folks generally in this discussion, what everybody is going to generally do is run to their preferences mm-hmm. and that's how it usually goes. And so, you know, you have the, the, the 12 year old, uh, dying in a church that the 80 year old loves. Yeah. Right. And then you have the 80 year old dying in a church that a 12 year old loves. Mm-hmm. No one can actually sing together, <laughs> mm-hmm. and no one's even deferring to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we need to do away with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to have a sound uh, that has uh, obviously biblical lyrics, and these biblical lyrics can come from uh, the past 
and the present, and they'll come from the future. We're, we believe that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is not just active in the 15th century, mm-hmm. right? And all the, when all the great hymnals were written. Right. We believe God is inspiring by His Spirit, giving gifts to His Spirit, biblical lyrics, gifted musicians. And the way we are thinking about it is that we're looking at church history and the church as a whole as a huge treasure trove that there's good stuff that everyone contributes to this treasure trove of biblical lyrics from the past and the present and on into the future and musical sounds from the past and the present and on into the future. So then I think once we everybody agrees on that, we're not going to be stuffy and we're not going to be traditionalist, or we're not going to just bow to our preferences and, mm-hmm. and then baptize them and divinize them and say, this is the only sound that God approves of. So that, that would be ridiculous. Uh, and that does happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the whole worship wars has been about, mm-hmm. basically. Everybody divinizing and moralizing their preferences and their style of sound and actually mm-hmm. saying that God made this sound. Nowhere in the Bible, folks, mm-hmm. uh, does God give us a divinized sound. Uh, nowhere. So then what do we do? Um, and that's where I think there's some layers to this. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that comes to my mind that I want to hear what you have to mm-hmm. say would be, um, well, when I think of the sound, I think that a church in a certain place needs to find the sound of the majority of people that's uh, intelligible, communicable, that doesn't uh, put any unnecessary barriers in someone's way, that it's actually a sound that is recognizable, intelligent, uh, it, it connects mm-hmm. to the people. Um, and so that's, that's a little more nuanced, mm-hmm. and there's a little more wisdom now that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then your discussion moves into, well, what about sounds from the 1500s? Well, maybe. Maybe that's the sound that people now are still singing in, in, our, in the cultural context that you're at. Mm-hmm. You could take those biblical lyrics from the 1500s and put it into a sound that, that seems to be the sound of Waco. Mm-hmm right? That everybody that connects yeah. and is intelligent. And I think one of the things you don't want to do is you do not want to get in the way of what God is doing in people's lives by putting a sound before them that's completely unintelligible. Right. You would never do that as a missionary. You don't go to, uh, you don't go to uh, the Middle East and, uh, and keep speaking English Right, and wonder why nobody doesn't understand what you're trying to do. Right, mm-hmm. you got to learn the language, you got to learn the culture because you got to connect. And I think there's a little bit of that that needs to be thought of in terms of our sound. Yeah, I think I kind of like I, I we could probably talk all, all over the place on this, and and I could too, especially a lot of what I've learned, like I said, experientially, kind of going through this as a as a church, really having to wrestle with these things on the ground not just in theory one is yes i think you're evaluating the church and the music number one lyrics what are we singing it's number one like i don't care if it's a rock band or an organ or whatever like that is not the first thing right lyrics Mm -hmm. okay lyrics check out we're singing about god we're singing biblical lyrics uh this sort of thing um and then i think sound to me and this is kind of getting into like which we could say musical style too just style sort of, right yeah by sound talking style with like style like style how is this old hymn let's say let's take an old hymn ancient hymn how is it sung what does it sound like 
to me almost going, okay, what is it? What do they seem to be trying to do? And, and some of this you wouldn't really know unless you had a conversation with the pastors. But it's like, does the the philosophy behind the music, is it we are trying to, and I don't know, I don't know, a single pastor would probably ever say it like this, but is it trying to put on this performance impressive concert? Okay, well, that's that's first and foremost like a problem with their whole thinking on music, right? There's also the opposite. There's also, I think, probably existing in churches like where we are, whatever that is, like performance impressive, we're literally just trying to do the opposite to not be like them. Right. So it's like, okay, so that's your view on music. So that's not even a good view on music either. To me, uh, again, it kind of comes down like what you were just saying, like, are we trying to communicate that we preach sermons in English because Waco people by and large speak English? Yep. We want to play music in a language that, by and large, we know that most of our city will understand because we live here in Waco. We're trying to reach people in Waco where more and more people come to know Jesus and then can sing about Jesus in their language. Yes. Now, I totally get all the complexities of that conversation and, and where you can end up landing, and I get that. And and this is why I think it's it can be so dangerous to divinize it because... I could agree with someone could agree with me on that thought and we land in two different places on sound. And that's great. I mean, the body of Christ is this very diverse, beautiful thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sound there. And then honestly for me, and this is, this is just like a thought that came to my mind. Like I want to sing like they sing in heaven. And you know, one thing in the past couple of years I've seen a lot in the scriptures is how oftentimes the scriptures talk about loud singing you know, when you said the scriptures don't uh, talk about a sound or, you know, a style, that's true. And But what came to my mind also was like, but they actually do say, the Psalms will command, you know, sing loudly, right? And I just think that's designed by human nature. Like when we are amped about something, you know, like we'll shout loudly, we will get excited, right? So when we come to church, we are singing to the lamb who was slain. I mean, this is epic stuff, you know? Right. So for me, right. I'm just I'm just honest, right. I'm speaking for myself. No, that's good. I like that. Singing in church, if it feels like we're trying to conduct a funeral, I'm just it's a red flag for me. Yes. Cause I'm going, Whoa, like we're not we're we're singing to the risen king <laughs> who currently reigns and, and who's coming again. But why does this music like throughout the entire service seem to be like maybe the band on stage is the risen king who's trying to oppress us, right? Right. Or the choir. Or the choir. Let's be real. You can have sure. a choir and an organ that's trying to put on just as much of a concert as as uh, the, the modern band. The band, right? Yeah. Are they trying to impress me like there? Or do they seem to not know that Jesus rose from the dead? Yeah. And we're singing like he's still in the grave. And it's all done in the name of reverence and all. Right. And yeah, it's going to be couched yeah. in words like we're reverent. And yes. I'm like, well, yes, you are reverent. And also I would like to let you know he, he came out. He's yeah. no longer in the tomb. He is alive. <laughs> right. So let's... Anyway, those are my quick thoughts. Um, all right. We're at 27 minutes. That's music. That's worship. God-centered worship. God-centered music that's intelligible to your community by and large that is singing to Jesus. And and I think it's helpful for us to say, especially in our, probably in our kind of Presbyterian world, like emotion is a legit thing created by God, not Satan. 
Satan didn't create emotions. Uh, And so when you're singing about Jesus, it's legit to, like, music is powerful. I think Luther, who I think struggled depression, I have this quote I remember somewhere out there of, like, um, where he talked about music was just this powerful thing that would lift his soul. How about David with Saul? I mean, I get, I mean, we, we joke about it, but it's like our tradition seems to, uh, standardize the, the garrison demoniac conversion. You remember how it was said he was clothed and in his right mind. Um, that's kind of how Mm -hmm. we epitomize our worship tradition. Yeah. Uh, there needs to be a little more heat with the light. Yep. And, uh, and that's what we're trying to do here at Redeemer and the Puritans, uh, and the old school folks in our tradition would be like, heck yeah. Yep. You know, passions that match the passage, please. Yeah. yeah. Abs- it, it, you know, we'll, we'll end here just for time's sake. So, I mean, um, and then next, next week let's do, uh, we'll talk about community. We'll talk about mission. How do you kind of like think about community in a church? That's such a huge thing nowadays. Like, how do you think about community and evaluate a little bit of what the community seems to be like, including leadership? Who who's who are the leaders in the community? What's the leadership structure? Um, what should be a red flag in in a leadership structure at a church? And then we'll also talk about t- next week as well. We'll talk about mission, um, and then we'll we'll probably touch on to like conflict in the church as well, relational conflict. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I was just gonna say um, with uh, with music. That again, to to me, that heat, that um, that like, are, are are we fixed on Christ right now? Like, is that what we're doing? Because if that's what we're doing, you know, then um, then uh, that 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 will shape how we do music and also like what we're thinking about in the music. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like, I I want to be, you know, I want Redeemer when we show up on Sunday and we're singing, you, you know that. Uh, that what's filling our minds, you know, as we're singing and this and that is not like, man, I wish we, uh, I wish this Sunday we did songs written, you know, after the two thousands and you know, the dominating thought after you leave is like, I wish we would have sung more ancient songs. Like, right. I I hope the dominating thought is like, that was, that was worship. Yeah. That like, man, we, we were singing out of faith in who Jesus is and because of what he's done and like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was a total afterthought that typically I like more ancient stuff and we didn't do any ancient stuff today, huh? Okay, well anyways, back to that whole reality that like this morning was awesome in yeah. its worship of Jesus, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I. and wrapping up, I would say um, clarity to the mind, realness to the heart. Yeah. So the lyrics give clarity to the mind. The sound gives realness to the heart. Yeah. And that's not a monotone heart. That's a multi-toned yeah. heart, multi-syllable heart, uh, a full spectrum of the human response to God and to the human condition in this world. Uh, so it will have its laments and it will have its praises and its thunders and its loud singing and it will have its uh calm i mean it'll just go a whole spectrum and a song might have all of that in it at once Uh, and then the flow of the service might have a rhythm to it that reflects supremacy and confession and uh, god breaking in and the celebration of redemption and then being sent out 
uh, as a warrior for God in terms of the gospel. So, yeah, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. All right, we'll pick this up uh, next week.